Hi, everyone. It's Robert Poole with the Growing Your B2B Small Business Podcast. In this episode, I want to talk about a simple but important concept that all B2B salespeople and entrepreneurs have most likely struggled with at one time or another and how we can fix it. Let's get started. Do you have a small B2B business? Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B small business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Hey everyone, I hope you're having an outstanding day today. In the last episode, we talked about how sometimes bad situations and circumstances are really what we need to grow. In this episode, I want to talk about a basic concept that's easy to understand, but in our day-to-day as salespeople and entrepreneurs, it's really easy to forget. And that concept is the difference between cost, price, and value, and how we use these in the sales process. You know, and working as a salesperson or entrepreneur over the years, I've noticed that a lot of us, including me, tend to get stuck on what things cost and don't put ourselves in the prospect's shoes and view our solution from their point of view. So we feel sheepish and asking for money. You know, what's the number one problem salespeople in all types of sales face, whether it's selling a $10 item or a million dollar item, asking for the money, i.e. closing. You know, I've forgotten what the exact stat is, but some study I read a while ago said that uh, I think it was like 70 something percent, uh, you know, or close to that of salespeople never even quote, you know, ask for the order at close. And I bet that number is even higher when it comes to B2B and high ticket items in particular. You know, if we do muster up the courage to ask for the order, a lot of times it comes out as, you know, the very convincing close or, you know, you wouldn't want any, would you? Or, you know, something to that effect. Unless you're a born salesperson came out of the womb pitching, I'm sure you've done a version of this, or at least you've seen others do it. You know, that's for you superstars. I know I've done it plenty of times as a young man and even as a seasoned salesperson. Embarrassing, but, you know, just being honest here. So why is it? Why do we get cold feet? Well, I'm sure there are all kinds of reasons, you know, PhDs and people way smarter than me would come up with. But, you know, what I've found is uh, the reason for me personally and a lot of salespeople I've employed over the years is that we're breaking the cardinal rule of sales. And that's thinking about things from our perspective instead of the prospect. You know, if you're focused on you, you're going to have problems in sales and definitely business in general. So where am I going with this? Uh, You know, let's say, as an example, you make a nice income of, you know, 100K a year. You're selling a a $50,000 product to a business owner or decision maker. You know, that 50K seems like a lot of money to you. You know, if you were to buy something for 50K, that's half your income, you know, a major sacrifice and the value would be better, be over the moon, you know, for you to buy it. However, if you're making that same 100K a year and you're selling a $30 widget to somebody, my guess is that you'd have total confidence in selling it and asking for $30 if you're selling to the average American on the street. I mean, you're pretty much going to ask yourself internally, it's, you know, it's 30 bucks. Geez, you know, it's not a big deal. Just buy it, you know. You see where I'm going with this? I mean, price is relative and its true value is only determined by the end user or the buyer. So we need to get our ex- our perceptions out of the way, you know, particularly when it comes to higher ticket items we personally couldn't afford because guess what? It doesn't matter. We aren't buying it. You know, before I go any further, uh, maybe I should take a step back and, and clarify my terminology so this all makes sense. You know, as the title says, we're talking about cost, price, and value. 
you know, in my mind, cost is the actual hard cost and dollars of physical materials and labor it takes to get a product or a service out the door. Basically, what it costs your company, uh, what costs your company incurs to produce it. You know, price, on the other hand, is what your company chooses to tell prospects that can purchase your product or service for in dollars or even other forms of payment. And finally, value is what your customers and prospects think of your product's utility in solving their problem. You know, in B2B, this usually means how much money it will make them or save them. It really doesn't matter if your cost is higher than what the customer's value is. Just because you think it's worth X doesn't mean anything as you aren't buying it. If the cost is too high compared with the value, you know, you got a problem and you need to find a way to lower the cost or increase the value, which is what we'll talk about next. When we're defining value, I think you can break value down in two ways. You know, there's the perceived value and what I call casual value. I'll start with the casual value, and that's a term I picked up somewhere, and I, you know, I don't hear it much, but so you can call it whatever you want. But basically, that's sort of the the drive-by on the surface casual look value a prospect would give something. You know, for example, what's an Apple iPhone valued at? You know, I think they're like thousand, twelve hundred dollars or something like that. And most people who know anything about smartphones would probably guess that price range or close to it. You know, it's sort of a surfacey value that we mentally have when we put something in a category and we first hear about it. You know, if you walk into a company and they know you sell, you know, enterprise CRM software and they've bought enterprise software before, you know, they may look at you and assume your software is in line with their past purchases or what they know about your competitors and, you know, have some basic preconceived idea of, you know, what your offering should be value at approximately. Again, it's sort of a starting point, if you will. And so that's what I would call casual value. The second part of it, perceived value is a whole different ballgame because it's very subjective and much less fact-based. You know, this becomes particularly important if your product or service is commoditized in the marketplace. You know, if a prospect perceives one product being more valuable and therefore willing to pay more for it than a similar item, there's a reason for that, and it's perceived value. As salespeople and entrepreneurs, we tend to value our products or services from a casual value standpoint which is generally more fact or feature-based, uh, as I said. However, how we solve products in a competitive marketplace is to focus on the perceived value that the prospect has and quit thinking about it from our perspective because we aren't the ones buying it. So if we start looking at it from a prospect's perspective and how they value it, uh, what do we do in a commoditized situation? You know, if we don't sell with increased value, the prospect will simply go with the lowest price and most likely uh, you'll lose the sale unless you happen to be that lower price. So what do we do? Well, as I talked about, you know, perceived value, it's subjective and not fact-based. And that means it's a wide-ranging value, not a single value that everyone understands and expects. At this point, what we need to do is not focus on feature barfing or technobabble about how we are different, uh, even though we're actually the same as our competitors and, you know, and not even the classic feature benefits type of sales. What we really need to focus on is one thing, and that's increasing the perceived value in the prospect's mind. You know, if we can mentally increase the value of our product or service in a prospect's mind, the sale becomes easy. And it's just a matter of building a little trust and giving them ur some urgency to act now. So how do we increase a commodity in value? You know, as an example, uh, let's, you know, say we have a four bedroom, 3000 square foot house with a pool located in Southern California. Well, these days it's, you know, probably three quarters of a million dollars or something, but, you know, pick whatever price you th think it's probably worth. Let's for argument's sake, we'll save 750000 You know, that's your baseline, what casual value is. Not if I told you that, you know, next door lives JC and the other side lives Brad Pitt and whoever his wife is now and across the street lives Elon Musk. The, the neighbor has had full security patrol with cameras and a 
private club and all that kind of stuff. Suddenly, you know, has that house changed its intrinsic value? No, it's still a 3,000 square foot house with a pool located in Southern California. Would you pay a million dollars to live amongst those celebrities? Would you pay two or five million? What's changed is your perceived value. Well, you know, I might pay less than 750 because I don't want to live around a bunch of celebrities, but that's my own hang up. The point is something that's a relative commodity, like a standard house can have its perceived value changed by other things outside of its base value. Okay. So you say, that's great, Robert. Well, what does that mean in a practical sense? Well, first, you know, if we have a product that the cost we're selling for is 25K, but we're able to get the prospect's perceived value to 100K, it's a no-brainer for them. I and mean, that should be our goal, to make it a no-brainer sale. I'd take those kind of sales, you know, only on days that end in Y. So how do we actually increase the perceived value? First, it's definitely not feature barfing or techno babble, which is what most salespeople fall into. It's figuring out how to show the prospect how the product solves the main problem they're thinking about. But then, and this is important, it also solves the problems that the main solution creates. That in itself is a powerful concept we'll talk about in a future episode. So instead of offering them the main product or service, here you go, take it or leave it, buy it or not, we need to figure out ways to break it down into individual parts and build it back up into total increased value. We do this by breaking down the individual components of the solution, showing the prospect how each of those parts has a lot of value in solving the main problem, as well as other problems uh, in and of itself. This is a major mistake our company's made for years that we're in the middle of remedying. You know, we've sold our services a package solution at one price. We tried to solve all the, the sub problems and bundle them together because uh, we just wanted to add more value for our clients. But, you know, what do sometimes prospects see? They just see the main product. And so for us, you know, our main service is the cold calling and telemarketing we do. And the prospects come to us and they have a base casual value understanding in mind for what telemarketing or cold calling services should cost. So we start at that point before we even start selling. However, we also do follow-up calls to prospects, put prospects on email campaigns, handle the email replies to those campaigns, write professional scripts, do custom email marketing items, help the client build an effective list of prospects to target, provide a custom CRM system, and other sub-products. So instead of breaking out the value of all these things, we simply have said, yeah, here's our price. We do cold calling. And oh, yeah, by the way, you get some other stuff that's included. Dumb. You know, as long as I've been in this business, it's only recently that I realized we were screwing up the perceived value of our own service. I mean, it goes to show that we can all fall into patterns that we know are academically don't work. But if we don't pay attention down the rabbit trail, we go without even realizing it. You know, the good news is that we're in the process of changing this. And I'm no, it'll pay off for both of for us in growth uh, and also better for our clients who we're serving. So let's say you've broken your product or service down into the major components you think make sense in solving the prospect's problems. You may feel like you can add up the value of those subcomponents and show how the parts added together are much more valuable than the total price you're charging. But what if it doesn't increase the value enough to be a no-brainer? This is where you have to get creative and start adding things and making an offer stack of products and things that uh, give value and not just a single product. You know, a lot of times you can add things that aren't horribly cost or prohibitive to your company, but can add a lot of perceived value to the prospect. Again, it's because they find value in it, not you. Okay, so enough generalizations. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about, and maybe this will make sense. You know, we have a lot of clients who sell commercial uh, insurance that we do work with. And as you can probably imagine, you know, the insurance business, commercial and personal lines, is becoming much uh, more commoditized every year and much more competitive and buyers much more price sensitive. 
So how do you fight against that trend as an insurance agent? Well, you can't really do anything but the product itself, the insurance policy. I mean, you're actually selling somebody else's product, so you really have no ability to modify it, and the business is highly regulated. So you need to find things that you can add value to as the agent selling the policy, not the policy itself. Why would prospects buy from you instead of your competitors? So I'm just throwing out ideas off the top of my head, but what if you were a partner with a local business broker, bring them in to do an eval on a company at no cost to the owner? You know, this provides genuine value to the owner. The broker gets an end to potentially sell the company down the road. And not only do you get the commercial PNC sale, but maybe you get the owner's uh, key man buyout policy or whatever. You know, it's a win-win. So what else could you do? You know, maybe you could put together a monthly lunch, learn, and network with for your clients uh, with a speaker that clients would be interested in. You know, you give clients a copy of a book that you co-authored or had ghostwritten for their client type that's, you know, very cheap and very easy to do these days. You know, you could create a referral program where you offer a service where whenever you get a new client, you give them a list of your recommended professionals in different areas, you know, your other clients, basically, with their permission, of course, but uh, people that may be able to help them. You know, you could start a free mastermind where you get the clients together who aren't competitors and moderate meetings where they can learn from their peers. Although not really something you should put in your value uh, added offer stack, uh, always calling your clients on their birthday. It sounds old school and kind of stupid, but it works. You know, the agent who uh, has our company policy calls me on my birthday every year and has for 16 years. I mean, my own mother forgets to call me at my age. You know, we're all still human, though, so we enjoy that. I know this concept of cost, price, and value seems like a really basic concept on the surface, but I hope I've convinced you to take a look closer look at this as it's really so important in everyone's business. I know we're working on it as a company. I think it's one of those things that you have to constantly keep in mind when it comes to pricing and selling. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Have a great day. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable, and it's really an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. Now, I've also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years uh, in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.